The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
Hello, I'm going to call this meeting to order. Um, it is 6.05. Um, if we could have the roll call. Okay, this meeting, this meeting will be broadcast live on CTN Cable 16, ATT Channel 99, online at a2gov slash watch CTN. Public commentary can be made in person or by calling. 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099. Intermeeting ID 935-1520-9819. Vice Chair Carter. Present. Commissioner Ship is absent. Commissioner Jackson is absent. Commissioner Pipkin. Councilmember Song? Here. Councilmember Harrison? Here. Commissioner Offman? Present. Chair Todoro Hargraves? Here. Commissioner Billups? Here. Commissioner Milgram? Here. You have a quorum. Um, could I get a um, motion to move the approval of the agenda? Make a motion to approve the agenda for January meeting. And second? Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Great. And that brings us to our public forum, which is our form of public comment. So if anybody has anything, please feel free to come to the front. Um, you will have five minutes. You can just speak or you can ask us questions. We could try to answer you as much as possible. And Denise will keep the time for us. So feel free to come on up. Is this the correct mic? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not always a fan of the uh, news site called The Intercept, but they had an excellent uh, article last week on a police murder in Los Angeles. That city has had at least three police murders of men of color already in 2023. The title of The Intercept article is long. Um, LAPD held down Keenan Anderson, repeatedly tased him, then suggested he, it was his own fault. Uh, this was published on January 17th, and the author is Natasha Leonard. Well, I was inspired to come here tonight because of one of the main points that was made by the author uh, in this article, and it applies to the 2014 Ann Arbor police killing of Ora Rosser, and that is Mere traces of drugs, which were found in preliminary toxicology tests performed on the uh, LA victim by the police department, no less, these traces of drugs in no way, shape, or form justify the extreme violence that was inflicted on this victim. And yet there's nothing surprising here. I quote from the article, <clears throat> the idea that drug possession or use by black people creates grounds enough to warrant police violence, even deadly violence, has undergirded half a century of US policing. Cops from the department that murdered George Floyd attempted to blame his death on the fentanyl found present in his system too, but thankfully without success." End of quote. The fact that the LAPD, believe it or not, released its own toxicology report to the public and I quote, speaks to a much broader problem. 
the certain confidence in the public's willingness to demonize and blame black victims, end of quote. As a friend of mine said, the analysis in this Intercept article is directly relevant to the Ann Arbor police murder of Oral Rosser. Cops are still always confident that the public will be swayed by irrelevant drug findings. So that's my main reason that I'm here. And if we're all activists in this room, one of our biggest challenges is to convince the public of the great damage being done by media, Hollywood, police, and governments in this persistent claim that drug use justifies police violence and murder. And the article, by the way, is worth reading for other points like U.S. police killed more in 2022 than any of the last 10 years. Another point made, U.S. Democratic lawmakers who knelt ludicrously, you may remember this, in kente cloth, have rejected every serious attempt to reckon with the racist violence that defines U.S. policing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, does it, would anybody else like to speak in our public comment, public forum? Okay, thank you everybody. Um, so next brings us to approval of the minutes. Uh, could I get a motion to move the approval of the minutes? We, we have two, um, the October minutes and the November minutes. Um, would we like to do those separately or together? I guess we can make a motion either way. I, I move to approve both sets of minutes. Could I have a second? Second. second? Do we have any discussion? Does anybody have any changes or anything? Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Wonderful. So that brings us to our special presentations. And tonight we do have Interim Chief Metzer and Acting Deputy Chief McGuire with us, um, and they're going to talk to us about the new dashboard that we'll be seeing them share data with us um, using. Good evening. Good evening. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what we will have coming out here in the coming weeks. Um, so we've recently contracted with Tyler Technologies. It's a company that will be able to put a lot of our data online for some public transparency, which we know has been lacking with the Iowa Police Department. Uh, and so I'll first talk a little bit about Clemis, and that's our um, report writing system that we use to, to write reports and collect data. Uh, so we've been using Clemis for about 10 to 12 years now, and the real draw of Clemis back when it started was the interconnectivity among agencies. So we could research other people's or other departments' cases, uh, and they could research ours, so we could tell right away if somebody had been arrested in another jurisdiction. Um, the, the real downside was that the only kind of transparency it provided was crime mapping. So you could click on it and kind of see hot spots about where crime was occurring. But you couldn't really see like how many assaults there were. It, the breakdown was, was pretty poor. And so Tyler Technologies came in, um, they signed an agreement with Clemis to provide some level of transparency for departments. So I've printed off a couple of examples for you guys, and, and I don't have it to show on a screen, but um, 
I, I will give you the name of a couple departments, Dearborn, Westland, and Sterling Heights are what I've printed out. And you guys can kind of take a look and I'll pass these out to you. And so you'll kind of notice, um, I have Westlands in front of me. Westland will put out calls for service, citations, arrests, training, pursuits, citizen complaints, their use of force, uh, and, and previous years and their current year's use of force. Um, so as soon as we, the contract is signed, as soon as they kind of come in and, and collect, start collecting our data, the calls for service, citations, arrests, and traffic crashes will be put online immediately. So they'll immediately be able to draw information uh, from our computer system and, and put that out to the public. So you'll go onto the Ann Arbor Police website. Uh, it'll say Public Transparency Dashboard. You'll click on that icon and it'll automatically take you to a new web page, which is Tyler Technologies. And it'll show you whatever information. Um, and, and like I said, right off the bat, it will be arrest citations, calls for service, and traffic crashes. And then as we move forward and kind of develop more of a relationship with them, they will automate all of our forms or whatever forms that we deem necessary. So we, we want to continue to work with ICPOC and, and determine, uh, I meet with Francis quite regularly, and determine like what information we think the public wants to see. And they'll start digitizing our forms. And once our forms are digitized, then whatever information we want to put out will be put out automatically. So we intend on putting out uh, response to resistance um, data fairly quickly. Uh, training will be another area that we would like to show just how much training we we receive and what and then in the breakdowns of that training. Um, and then it'll kind of graph out um, like our response to resistance, how many incidents we have. We also are in the process of um, giving them our complaint data so that all of our complaints are automated and, and put online as well. Um, so like I said, we want to continue to work with ICPOC and, and uh, Chair Todoro and determining what information that the public deems that they would like and, and do everything that we can. Our system is going to be limited by what da data Columbus provides. That is still going to be an issue until we move forward in the future, which, which may include purchasing an entirely new uh, system altogether. But we are kind of hamstringed right now by dispatch services and where we plan to go in terms of contracting for dispatch. Uh, so that's the, the brief presentation of what we have. We're hopeful that this will be online in the coming weeks, um, and then we'll move forward in, in determining what other information you guys would like to see. And take any questions? The, the system itself is, is uh, somehow flexible, so we can um, gear it towards the city of Ann Arbor. We don't have to uh, follow all the uh, uh, items that are in other jurisdictions. So uh, I, I think probably every city has its own requirements and all uh, on uh, data to be presented. And, and I think this system uh, would address um, the, the changes or anything that we would add to uh, the backbone of the uh, system itself. Absolutely. So some of the data, like I said, that's pulled directly from Clemis, we will be a little bit hamstringed by exactly how we can distribute that, but data that's collected internally, so our response to resistance data, that will come directly from our own forms and will be uploaded in real time. Uh, so that stuff is, is uh, wholly customizable. Okay. Um, I have a question. With regard to our use of force, I know that our standards are different 
than other communities. So will, will we be showing our whole gamut of, of use of force um, exactly that is what are in our forms or so it'll look different than what some of these examples might look like is that correct correct some departments there is no uh, federal reporting standard for use of force so um, some departments classify being handcuffed as use of force and some departments do not so uh, yes it will be customized to our forms okay. and then and then it will be we can kind of subtract or remove information that we deem the public wants to know and put and put that information in the pie graphs that you kind of see down below. Are we able to also do things like by geographic area? Can we, re using this, can we report data for like things happening in the downtown or? Yeah, so we've been uh, in, in communication with, with uh, Tyler Technologies for kind of like ward maps. We would like to be able to, sp okay. to space it out by ward. And we're still in the early phases of determining if we can do that. Um, and so as we continue to work with them, and, and, and it could just be a Clemis, uh, we, we may be able to get a, if Clemis doesn't have, so Clemis is a consortium, so there are multiple agencies that sign on to this. So, mm -hmm. so we don't customize Clemis to the city of Ann Arbor. So there are no ward um, delineations as you, as you would go in and write a report. So you could not say uh, this happened downtown or this happened in Ward 1 because other agencies obviously don't have Ward 1s through 4. And so as it, as it relates to customizing Clemis, that is more going to be an issue. Um, but Tyler is working on, you know, we, we've had these discussions about that specifically. And they, and they said if there's, there's a will, there's a way. They'll, right. they'll try to figure it out. And um, what about university? Like, I understand we don't patrol university property, but there's a lot of um, student housing and other things that are in the private area of downtown on private property. Um, is there a way that we could collect data pertaining to those interactions? So that, it's kind of similar because the, the university is so embedded in this mm -hmm. community in multiple different areas, that's much more difficult. So that would also, or could also involve, uh, it, you know, would Clemens customize a, a box for us to, collect, to right. collect that data? And so that's a lot more difficult. And like I said, Clemens has its, has its upsides, but it also has its downside. And, and until we can move forward with, with you know, where we're going to be with dispatch, what I don't want to do is spend the community's money right. on a whole new system that could do all of this without knowing in three years it might not be compatible with whoever we use for dispatch services. So, um, so this and its interaction with Clemis is uh, basically provides more information than, than this police department will have ever provided to the mm -hmm. community. Um, and that's our goal moving forward is to be as transparent as possible. I think this is a great starting point. It gives us a good opportunity to, to get those, those things that are important to the public out there and for the public to get used to interacting with that, that information and that data. And then, you know, depending on where we do end up with uh, 911 in the future, uh, we could build on it or... Yeah, and, and I think there's a, a lot of room for growth moving forward and a lot of discussion. So if you guys get feedback from the community that something is missing or we can do something better, uh, you know, we, we can jump right on. Tyler is, the, the good thing about this company is that they are local, so I'm not calling California on a different time zone. Um, and so, so this, and they're very quick responding 
to, to our needs. So if we decide right away that, hey, that the public is asking for this data, can we do it? Mm -hmm. like, we'll find a way. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions? So um, is there a way for us to track, say, coordination with um, social services? So like, I, I see how it's with these other cities it's it does it's not like the cases are resolved it's just by uh the charges or or population that's called in or or other criteria but can we get a sense of i guess when the case is resolved and by whom and with what kind of partnership or is it just kind of like a 10,000 foot view of what's happening at one Yeah, point it'll in time. kind of be like a bird's eye view so in terms of like res case resolution so right. Uh, I can give you kind of like anecdotally we get about we log about 60,000 calls for service so imagine okay. putting out the you know the breadth of the closures and, and the detail it would just be a little bit overwhelming um, and, and that like as we move forward to our, our, our detective bureau system like you know ideally it would be great to have a system where somebody especially the downtown business district just puts a case number in and it says your case has been assigned to this detective and you know so so that I mean, that's just like public information, like we want to know where our case is. Yeah. Um, but we are a couple years out from that in terms of, in terms of acquiring a system that is all encompassing like that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't think anyone in the community needs all the details of yep. the case. It would just be interesting to see if there are patterns of need and funding needs. So say if, if there is a way that we could um, specify that if we put more money towards housing or food security or I, I don't know yeah I think you know like if you look at I'm looking at Westlands now they they do have like mental health calls and how many they they go on and so yeah. and that's just really um, getting our officers to to categorize the, the calls correctly when they go in or verify them correctly yeah. um, so if it's a mental health call you'll know in terms of response to resistance you'll know if the person was using alcohol right. you'll know if the person was was thought to have a mental illness um, so all of those things are all that data is collected okay that's helpful all right thank you if I may, one thing that complicates your original question even more is uh, if it's a criminal case as it goes through our system here like the chief said we use clemens the detective gets it assigned then when they move it forward to either the prosecutors or the courts they use a whole different system um, so it's, it's it's yet another system that doesn't communicate very well with others so um, for dispositions on cases it's especially difficult to get it and have a report back but um, okay. there are like the chief said there are other options on the front end of cases I think that we could probably track things like if it's a call for a mental health consumer or for something else like that to, to get to um, communities in need and see where mm -hmm. we can direct resources better yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think the other thing is also we don't need to be bugged into uh, details about every tiny thing. I think people like to see things that are self-explanatory. You know, if, if, if you avoid having text and show people a diagram or bar um, uh, figure or a pie chart, uh, people would, would relate to that right away. And, and the, the, the colors and numbers over there would, would be self-explanatory versus if one is going to be more academic and trying to uh, get into the uh, nitty-gritty stuff, they can go into the numbers. 
but I think for, for the public and for it's the simple thing of presentation is the best and most effective way of reaching the, the individuals or the community or uh, groups that we want them to look at uh, these summaries of the data. I just want to follow up and, and maybe this isn't exactly on point, but a question had come up um, at an unarmed response forum. Is the department able to, if we were to, how many of your calls or what percentage or number or whatever would you think would have required, and, or not required, but would have been directed towards an unarmed response? Uh, is, is that kind of data available? So that's hard, hard question to answer because we, you never know until you get there um, whether or not, you know, uh, some display of force. So obviously every time we show up, there's a gun on scene, right? Sure. Ours. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we would be able to determine how many calls did not, did not use a firearm, and that's probably almost 100%, right, at the end of the day. Right. Um, but it is really hard. So we can give ideas of, of calls that we think, like, um, might not warrant a police officer's involvement, and, and we're happy to have asked to, to, to give that information of, about what we think we might not be needed for. And I think a lot of those are self-explanatory that, you know, when the call comes in, we would know. Um, you know, we've gotten calls at 2 in the morning that a grandmother who's 90 can't get her garage door down. And, and at 2 in the morning, is that a police call? Absolutely right now because there's no one else to help her, right? right. So, so we'll go. Um, and so, like, calls like that that, are, that speak for themselves, um, animal rescue calls, we're pretty creative lately. I don't know if you've seen the news of rescuing dogs out of ponds and deers out of, deer out of uh, soccer nets. Um, but yeah, I mean, th those types of calls for sure. And, and, you know, we're happy to, to give that data. But like I said, you know, we haven't uh, discharged a firearm in, in years. So sure. right now it would be 100%. Right, but I guess what I, I'm just, and I'm sort of looking ahead because the question will come up, you know, we're in the process of, de process of developing this unarmed response team and the question was posed, as I said, at a forum, what percentage of the calls, not just for grandma and her garage door, but that would require uh, a mental health professional or something sure. like that. I mean, are those kinds of things carved out so that that data could be well, this is, this is exactly what this forum's for, is, is for us to talk like this and say, yeah. like, hey, moving forward, because we, I mean, full disclosure, have not been in, participating in much of the discussion about the unarmed response as a police department. Right. Um, and so if, if this is data that, that is asked of us, that we can say, hey, uh, nonviolent, if, if there's a way for us to, to pair those out or to, to separate them, mm -hmm. um, you know, if there's a way, we're happy to do it. Do we, um, right now, do we keep track of if you have interactions and you think this social service agency can be called in to assist? I don't even know if we have agencies that we can call in. It, it seems like funding keeps getting cut to them. So, um, you know, in the meantime, until we have the unarmed response, do we even have agencies out there that 
you're able to partner with or the officers are able to partner with on the street to call and say, hey, do you, can you help us out? Yeah, absolutely. Our officers are tremendously creative in um, kind of sussing out different nonprofits or community organizations or even, um, you know, through Washington County's got port uh, for helping folks with mental health. So absolutely, do we? Yes, we do. Our officers, um, there are a number of resources, you know, um, Delana Center oftentimes can help point us in different directions. Um, CMH is another good resource that we partner with quite a bit. They've developed a crisis response team in the last couple of years, which has been especially helpful for us. Um, and then there's some nonprofits and some private sectors as well. Um, and then our officers do a really good job of kind of building connections in the community on a daily basis. And a lot of them will kind of find like, you know, it may not be a very large organized group, but maybe there's somebody that runs a church here that says, hey, we can help out with folks if they have a clothing need and mm -hmm. they're living on the street. And so that's maybe a, a niche category, but it's something they, they kind of put in the back of their mind and they will run across someone that has a clothing need, someone's living on the street. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's, let's, let's go over here and, and put people in touch. Um, do we track that? No, and yeah. um, to the earlier question too, I, I, I would caution, and sometimes it can be difficult to track things, like there may be calls that look like they may not necessitate a police response, um, and if I'm just looking at stats, I might say, oh, a, a mental health check or a, a well-being, that, that could be something that this kind of police call, but then until you read the notes from the caller, it may often be CMH has called us, or some other professionals called us that it is the expert in saying, we would like assistance to partner with you. So. Hmm. But yes, there, there absolutely are resources out there, and you're absolutely correct, they are they're, they're dwindling, you know, with, with everything else, you know, money goes away, the resources yeah. go away, so. I think that kind of goes to what um, Councilmember Song was referring to, if we can find a way to collect that and see how much resolution actually occurs, because I do think one of the things we'd find is that, you know, resources out there are, are getting slim. And yeah, I mean, we've, we've definitely noticed a, an, an increase in wait time for CMH and through no fault of their own, uh, you know, we're all in that same boat of looking for staffing and desperate for staffing. So, but, but our officers quite often say that, that either CMH says, oh, we just can't, we can't mm -hmm. come out, um, or the wait time is an hour or more. Okay. Great. Does anybody else have any questions? I think this is a good experience that we're. Great. Good thing. Do we have a timeline of when we might see that? I am so hesitant to do that. <laughs> uh, so, so the city has contracted with Tyler for quite some time. So I thought this uh, the procurement process would go a lot smoother and quicker. And and so I was hoping to have this online in, in November. So um, I I want to say a month, uh, but but don't hold me to that. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that by this time in, in February we'll, you'll see something online. Okay. Can you come back and talk to us so we can look at it? And maybe yeah, absolutely. I can come back. I can put our dashboard up and kind of show you, yeah. um, w you know, what is filtering in. Yeah. We, we are going to have them try to go back to the last year's data as well. So that that should just be a one-time pull uh, since the data has already uploaded. Um, and so they'll just have to pull that and put it right online. But you'll be able to see at least last year's statistics um, right up front. Okay. I have, I have a follow -up. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind. Um, so. The data that we collect and then the consultant organizes and actually puts into the database, um, are there, I'm, I'm just wondering about the privacy, they, like we, the city actually can see the, like the case information, but it's right. not, it's like their details of a particular case aren't no. disclosed to the, to the consultant. Right. right, nope, not at okay. all, yep. And then, um, 
do do we own that data <laughs> in some way? So I, I worry, like, if something goes awry with this consultant or this contractor, and then do, do will we still have access to that? Yeah. So yeah. the data once is is always ours. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because tech people seem to go also go, <laughs> go yes. back and forth. So I think that's what happened before we had a, mm -hmm. a database person yeah. who left, and we were kind of yes things were mm -hmm. up in the air. But you feel like this is a better a better solution with a vendor that we've worked with for a while. Yes, and I think it's a good solution. It, it's I mean, quite honestly, it's the only solution that interfaces with Clemis. They're the only ones that have this right. um, contract with Clemis, mm -hmm. uh, and so. Um, I don't want to say we're going with them because they're the only one. I'm saying we're going with them because they're the best. And, and this is, as, as I stated before, you, you have never seen this transparency from the Amber Police Department, and, and that's what we continue, plan to continue to do. Thank you. Great. And I'm guessing this is kind of organic. So once we get it up and running, we can add, we can, we can, it'll grow with us. Yeah, exactly. And as officers become familiar and as we uh, become familiar with the product, we can say like, oh, you know, we, we want to track something that nobody cares about seeing, which is like how many times an officer's uniform gets ripped and we have to pay for that replacement. So that's internally something I might want to know. Um, and so I just digitize that form. They'll put it right online and the officer just goes right in. And, and so then I always have access to that data. So, mm -hmm. so yes, it, it's an organic work in progress. Um, but I think as we move forward and kind of collaborate with, with what we want to see online, um, it, it'll be a huge improvement from what we have. That's but the, the, the other thing is also it's um, the data that's collected is being also used by the police department to improve the police department because, because oh. you, have, you have hits on certain things and, and uh, you probably could identify uh, issues uh, with some individuals or so, and the data would uh, direct you towards how we can improve, solve, change things. Yes, and so we do, you know, we're CLIA accredited, and so we're required to do use of force analysis at the end of the year. Uh, and so this program will help. So, so right now, uh, officer, an officer will go through and has to count every single form and all the officers and what they do and put them on a spreadsheet and and with uh, that kind of counting comes human error um, and so this will make that a hundred times easier so we can just go right in the program pull out the data that we need to to write the report and so yeah so when we when we do those reports we can say like hey we have we have an officer that's that has 13 use of forces and, this, and, the, and the average for use of force is three for a year. So why does this person have 13? Is it because they work midnights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday on bar nights? Is it, is it the, the cart or the horse, right? The egg or the chicken? And we have to figure that out. Correct. And so like, is it, do we have an issue or uh, is it just because of circumstance? Correct. And, and sometimes you brought a, a good point where the, the, the number does not reflect that the person is more aggressive in using force, but, you know, as you said, maybe the shift itself, maybe the, the timing of, of, of the shift and all these things. So it's not, the low number does not mean that that officer is really great right. or, or bad. <laughs> Zero use of force could mean that the officer has not done a whole lot of proactive activity. So. You, you just never know. It's a, it's you know, it's data that we can look at. I mean, will we, you know, unless you 
unless you can see inside someone's heart, you really don't know exactly, but, but you can use the data to kind of determine, like, do we think we have a problem? Is this something that we can address? Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that brings us to our new business, which is our meeting calendar for 2023. Um, I, I did notice something, but does uh, anybody have any other, um, I guess, do we, have to, do we have to accept this? Is this part of our bylaws that we have to accept you our calendar? We do. Okay, so can I get a motion uh, to move this? Yeah, I make a motion to move the uh, meeting calendar for 2023. Okay, do, um, second? Okay, what was the motion to approve it? I, I did the... Is that, was that your motion to approve it? Yes, that will be calendar. Okay, thank you. Um, I do have one comment for discussion, but does anybody have anything first before me? The, um, I know it's the March meeting that fourth, the fourth Tuesday of March, correct? I believe that is spring break. Does anybody else have a conflict with spring break other than me? <laughs> That date is the 28th, correct? Yeah, March 28th. Yep. Okay. So if it's just me, then that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, too. I, I'm a possible. <laughs> yeah, okay, because that gives us three right there, maybe. Would you like to move it up to the 21st? Or? Um, I, I can do that. Can Is Easter in March? No, Easter's April, April 9th, correct. I believe. Yeah, I have no objection to moving it to the 21st if it fits for other people. Okay. I can, can you? As far as I know. Okay. So then we would change the March meeting from the 28th to the 21st. Yeah, we usually do not have a December meeting because of it being the holiday, so we would we would also skip that one, I believe. I believe also we did the July. July. We usually take off in July, yeah. too. Um, but I think what we need to do is just keep the calendar as is. You know, we need to now to make another motion to, uh, because amend. of the change, mm -hmm. amend the uh, calendar. Yep. And uh, maybe in June we can decide or whether or not we will have a July meeting. That works. So can I get a motion to amend um, the schedule for March? Motion to amend the Second. calendar. Second. Okay. Any more discussion? No. Okay. So can I get, uh, so I think we could take a vote. So is all in favor? Aye. 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 Excellent. It's approved. Okay. That's great. 
So now, um, communications. The police chief search. Uh, Mr. Dehoney does have a tentative uh, recruiter. Uh, so there was a request for proposals done. So he has a uh, he is working on a contract with uh, Baker Tilly, and once that is done and in place and all approved, uh, we will be getting a phone call or an email from the representative of Baker Tilly to set up meetings. Um, Mr. Dehoney has said that we will be basically alongside them with this uh, search process. So it's something for us to keep in mind that we'll be busy with um, as that process continues. But um, right now I don't know what the timing is or if that, does that have to go to council? Do, do the council mm -hmm. members know? Yeah. The approval for the contract? Yes. I don't think so. Uh, no, I okay. I don't think it hits the threshold. Okay, cool, because hopefully that'll get it moving along. So once I have that information, I'll email everybody out, let you know when, when we'll be starting that up. Um, yes, I should have no. So I I should have raised this under communications. Okay. Um, I just wanted to mention, and um, I understand that everybody got a, um, mm -hmm. the report that I did. You know, I just kind of if I do something for the commission, I like the commission to know about it. But I um, I don't know if anybody had any comment on what PSC had said with regard to inclusion of underserved communities. I don't think we got a straight answer and we asked the question directly. So maybe we'll just have to <clears throat> wait until the report mm -hmm. comes out and see, to see if anyone, mm -hmm. I have the, the name of the individual that led the forum and if anyone wants me to get back to him, you know, I'd be happy to do that. But it's still sort of a open question. We don't know who they're talking to. Mm -hmm. We, we pressed pretty hard in, on the Human Rights Commission meeting that we had with them. Um, and I, I give a lot of credit to the folks on Human Rights Commission. They, um, nothing gets past them. So uh, they, they asked repeatedly and the consultant said that there's a spreadsheet that they were looking to, to share with us, with the council members who were on the call. So it was myself and council member Aisha Ghazi Edwin. Um, so we, I mean, we'll, we'll do our best to see if we can dig a little bit further too, but it was pretty clear that they've heard it many, many times that they need to do better and do the outreach to communities most impacted by this work. Mm -hmm. um, but they also wanted to just clarify that they are not the ones who will be um, the final decision makers and what mm -hmm. the program will look like. They said they're just here there to collect the information and it's up to the city to design the program and then put that back out for an RFP. So I think they were just kind of um, a bit shell-shocked maybe by the, and I told them like, you, if you look around this room, HRC folks are coming from uh, a variety of expertise. You have public health workers, lawyers, uh, social workers, researchers. So this is, this is, I. I told them at the beginning of the meeting, this will be a difficult meeting. <laughs> I thought it was productive. Um, and you know, and they, they just want to remind everyone that uh, there's still more work to be done and that we're, we're still really early in the conversation. Um, and I think what they're trying to say is like the, the, um, the responsibility 
is really on the city to do a good job on this. So uh, pressure is good now. Is is good now, you know, for these poor consultants. But we have to. It has to be ongoing throughout this entire process, mm -hmm. and it's we can't rely on just the creativity of of um, the city either. So you know, it's good to have this feedback, but as we learn more and see more about what's going on around the country and how they've run their programs, there's nothing stopping any of us from contacting city council members or city staff, Mr. Dahoney, and saying, "This is my this this is my list of wish and wishes and dreams for what this will look like." So, I think maybe there's a mis uh, we're putting too much emphasis on the responsibility of these consultants. There should we still are able to decide and inform what we would like to see um, outside of what this report looks like. Because um, I think, you know, Ann Arbor is known for having strong opinions. Uh, so <laughs> make those strong opinions known um, directly to us or Mr. or Administrator Dahoney, too. To, to answer your question specifically, I mean, I, I thought that certainly the first, the first answer was not sufficient. <laughs> um, but in the follow-up, I mean, they, they did do better, I think, at naming uh, the organizations and the places that, that, that they went, but it still left something to be desired. But I, but I also take uh, um, your point, Lynn, as well, that it's, it's, it's not just on them. This is, I was going to say we're at the beginning of it. Maybe we're a little bit beyond the beginning. but. Um, need to be watchdogs at every point in the process. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, we need to, if we have opinions and we have ideas, frankly, I want somebody to tell me what's working. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I've seen uh, situations where you thought it was an unarmed response and then, you know, the police have to come. And I just, I, I, I don't know if, if it's working anywhere. Yeah. Well, and I was frankly, I guess, let me see if this matters, but I was frankly surprised uh, to hear uh, our police folks say that they haven't been involved in the process. Nobody's mm -hmm. asked them so that, you know, I mean, the, the police department wasn't on their list of folks that they talked to. So right. clearly you need to get involved. You sound like you're certainly willing and wanting to get involved. and. That was sort of surprising to me that nobody in the, throughout this process so far has reached out to, to you. Yeah, I think it's because the contract with them was community engagement, and um, so it was really really focusing on on the greater community and, and getting the response from community um, when it came to budgeting and just kind of thinking about the resolution at the very beginning and bringing the resolution together. Chief Cox at the time was involved. Um, so conversations were had with police and bringing the resolution forward uh, as well as CMH and, and the sheriff. But for this particular part of the process, it was just trying to collect everyone's feedback. I can give you examples and then why I would like to see this here, why I'm a co-sponsor behind this. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas of all places uh, has uh, amazing programs. Um, Dallas, Houston, El Paso, Texas. The one in Harris County is actually it has a really interesting name um, because they don't call it unarmed crisis response. It's actually the Heart Team, the Holistic Assistance Response Team. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, because it's it's not necessarily armed, unarmed, or a crisis. It's maybe you know they, I think what they like to describe it in Houston as being like a developing situation for, for of needs, mm -hmm. and they have um, social workers, substance abuse folks, uh, um, social service agency staff partnering and not only staffing the efforts but helping fund it with the local hospital institutions, the hospital mm -hmm. systems. Um, we can joke a lot about Texas about so many other things, but a lot of the programs I've seen there are, they've been able to save cities millions of dollars in avoiding incarceration, just making sure folks are getting those interventions early and often um, has, have saved people's lives. Uh, and yeah, and there's also communities who are in year three, year three of funding and doing this work. So we're actually pretty far behind, mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty far behind. Uh, and then also finding more creative ways to approach it besides just staffing it. Um, because I actually have collected data along the way too and tried to figure out how to have either a separate number or if they've kept their 911 number, how to actually put, in one city, put social workers at the call center. Hmm. So actually have mental health folks helping, mm -hmm. helping answer the calls and figuring out how to dispatch from there. Yeah. 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 I can send all this. I mean, I have, I have a, um, I don't know, like a, a list of, of articles and resources that I've collected, I've hoarded since last year, so mm -hmm. I can share that. Raleigh has a strong program yes. too, and theirs is called Heart. Also, I don't know if it's the same, um, the same type of program, but I know they have one, and they have folks in the 911 center, yeah. also. So our conversation kind of keeps going back to 911 too yeah. <laughs> tonight. That's for sure. So that's going to mean a lot. Yeah, but that criticism did come up with HRC, where. Uh, there's a commissioner who's also on the police oversight or the the U of M um, police oversight mm -hmm. commissioner said I can give you feedback, but you actually have not given me enough information to give you feedback on. And what exactly are you asking the community to reflect on? Mm -hmm. And can you give us kind of like case studies so that we can understand what's successful or not, hmm. and what we think might might fit in our community or not? And the consultants couldn't. Right. They're, they're just very like, I think mm -hmm. they're very focused on there are only so many things we can ask and we can only code them so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I they think they just want to get that raw data versus we have, um, I think we everyone wanted to share perspectives. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a lot of feedback I got from the downtown businesses too was we we can't answer this survey. We, we don't even know what like what we're answering about like if we were to call on armed response, what does that even mean? And and they, a lot of them felt they didn't have enough background. Mm -hmm. the, the the other thing is is uh, this is going to be something that's not going to be cheap. It, <laughs> it's true. going to require a bit of commitment financially and other and, and also manpower to really uh, start this process. And and who's going to be involved? and how many people are going to be involved, how often they're going to be involved, who else is going to be with them, how, where the funding is going to come from. Is it from the city? Is it from the citizens of the city? Is it from the federal government? Is it from the state? It, these, these are not simple, um, you know, 
ideas, sometimes they, they start really nice and everybody likes those ideas, but when it comes to uh, the, the details about that, uh, yeah, it, so it, it was in the, so we've gone through, uh, the process so far has been that the resolution was introduced and passed unanimously, and then we also have allocated uh, ARPA funding, so mm -hmm. the federal relief funding, so I, I think it's 1.6 or 1.8 million towards this. Um, and that's just for this as we're looking at as a pilot project. Uh, I mean, that's the only way we can really think of it. You know, yeah. we don't know if it'll succeed or not. Mm -hmm. And that should be enough. I think we're looking at funding. I think that's enough funding for two years. I mean, if you think about that and you think about like what, um, what Arianne's program has done through the court di diversion work, and that's only a fraction of it. I think we allocated, was it 400K, three or 400K for that, and that was from the marijuana um, mm -hmm. tax, tax funding, right? Mm -hmm. And the impact that having just the two team, two-person team of social workers in the past couple months with a fraction of what we're looking to allocate for unarmed crisis response. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're really lucky to have Arianne's efforts before she, she was elected be kind of maybe a test case as to what this might be able to look like down to, in this small mm -hmm. area, right. in a small geography, and, and learn from that so that when we structure, take this feedback from the consultants, and then give all these like case studies from what's happening to the country, to city staff, we can say, you know, give us the, you know, take the wins and losses from what we have already, and then think bigger, given that we have this money now. This money has been allocated, has to be spent by 2026. It's the federal relief ARPA. money, ARPA money. So that was um, pandemic relief money that came to the um, the cities and the county. Um, the county got 70 million. Uh, Ann Arbor got 24 million. 26 million. Somewhere in there. Yeah, 20 or 26. And then when we allocated, and then when um, like the county commissioners and then city councils figured out, you know, how the money is meant uh, for pandemic relief. So meaning every municipality has taken some of the money to plug in our losses, our budget losses during the pandemic to, um, uh, you know, projects like this where at the county level, they did child savings accounts, child care to, uh, scholarships, just emergency relief, a lot of public health work locally here. We did everything from um, some money for like trauma-informed art uh, to an armed crisis response. We try to be creative and we try to get the money to communities most impacted by the pandemic. But um, the money was given by the federal government and then the, the, the rules were that everyone has to figure out how to allocate and dedicate that money um, by 2024 and out the door by 2026. Uh, right now, because there's a Republican legislative Congress, there's a real worry that if county, city, states, county, counties and cities don't spend it sooner and just really get our act together and what the money um, will go to, then it might be um, taken back. Um, yeah, so that's that's also a new a new thing. Yeah, what disturbs me is the fact that we we are thinking of failure. Oh no! You know, no. We, we you know it's like it's it's a pilot, oh. and and 
the pilot should lead to something substantive, something that we build on the successes of, of the pilot. We cannot go back and say, um, the police department, you, you are not involved in, in these issues, and then, well, you know, we have to come back to you. <laughs> so, so I think, I think it's a thorough, a thorough pilot work if, if you build strong foundation to this, I, I think we will succeed. Right, so this is why, it, from, on my part, I worked really hard to make sure that we had a grassroots movement to support this. So it wasn't just the wishes and dreams of a couple city council members and the mayor or even city staff. You know, I had reached out to public health professor Paul Fleming, Ryan Henyard, like folks who, uh, you know, head of housing agencies, homeless agencies, mental health folks to say, tell us what you see where the gap is so that we can try this new approach. And if it works really well, which is the greatest hope with community, with grassroots support, then it's a test. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge to the city to figure out how we can use our general revenue to fund this. Because if we, it's, it's, it's a way for us to say, all right, do we care enough for the well-being of our residents, all residents, as we do for street infrastructure, you know, for water, water safety, water quality, um, and how do we make that budget work? We've passed all these millages for climate action, sidewalks, you know, for um, bike paths. Uh, well, <laughs> not specifically <laughs> for that, but, but we found you know, money. We, we, for affordable housing, I mean, that was amazing when we passed the affordable housing millage. So clearly, Ann Arbor, and we pass every school millage, right? Uh, clearly, Ann Arbor cares for its residents. And now we're just trying to figure out, like, how do we prioritize that care? And then if this does well with the federal money, which the hope is because it's been doing well all over the country, there's no, Ann Arbor cannot make any excuses. This cannot fail in Ann Arbor. We have no excuse. Um, then it's the challenge to the city and our and the representatives to learn our budget and dig deep and try to figure out how this actually helps us on savings, honestly, uh, but also commit us to longer-term care. We are we are always on the on the tail end of trying to help people here. We're hearing about it too late, too often, and too late, and it's honestly shameful in a community like ours. So my hope is that we get our act together, we spend this money, and we, we catch up to Texas. Mm. Mm. Okay, does anybody else have anything about that topic? Okay. So it kind of leads us into a good thing because obviously we have things to talk about as a commission. Yes. Actually, so I think um, going, getting back for a second to the, to the police. I, getting back to the police search, um, I, uh, I I missed the last meeting, and I'm sorry that I couldn't make it. I was out of town, um, and I, but I I listened. I heard the discussion, um, and there was a there was a suggestion that um, that that uh, we there was some input maybe coming from some of the commissioners on the police search, and that there would be a document maybe assembled that would be. So is that, was that, has that been, um, has there been, is there such a document, has, was it provided? Or is that gonna come later when 
we'll, we'll address that with the, with the recruiter that's going to be hired. Yeah, I was um, thinking we would, we would address that when the recruiter is okay. hired and, and assemble something to provide to them at that time. Um, I would really like to have the recruiter come and either talk to us in small groups or some kind of way to really get our feedback and thoughts and so that we don't get lost in the shuffle of them moving through their process. Um, I, don't, I would prefer we not get left behind at any point. But you're saying you were assured by Mr. Dahoney that this that time we would, was. Be, we would be <laughs> integral to the process. Yes. And if not us, who? And, and, and part of the ordinance is the ICPAC to be involved in if there is any um, search for a chief okay. or so. Yep. They, they, they have to be um, like part of it. Great. Um, so that does bring us to our next communication. Um, we have uh, scheduled ourselves to have a working session this Saturday um, here at City Hall uh, at noon. Correct. Yes. Just noon to noon to two. We'll be here um, having a, um, it'll be noticed as a meeting because we will hopefully have a quorum there. And we will be um, talking about things for the future. I know I've sent out a strategic document that we did a few, uh, I think we're close to two years now ago that we had a visioning session as a commission and a document was developed from that. So I think that'll be a good starting point to look back at that document, see what our priorities were at that time, um, what we were able to accomplish, not able to accomplish, see if our priorities have changed um, and where we can go from there. But I think it's good to have these conversations like we're having with regard to unarmed response and other things to see how we'll further break down in our subcommittees um, and uh, taking charge from there. Um, on different topics that we want to move forward with. Um, one item, it was, it was on your agenda, it wasn't on mine. Denise pointed out um, recruiting. So something that I do want to tie back on is um, we do have three openings. Here we will be doing some uh, meetings with potential applicants that we currently have on file, but we will, um, I, we could use some more. So that's something we're going to be working on. Yes. Can we? Can you remind me how many um, commissioners we can have? There is there is a potential commissioner that I've who's expressed interest, but she lives in Pittsfield Township. But she's an Ann Arbor, born and raised Tony on the board of the National NAACP. Mm -hmm. um, so it's my understanding that um, if there's some connection to Ann Arbor, yeah. then that we could put them forward, and then it's up to council okay. to. Uh, give them that super majority vote I believe they need okay who, if they're out of the out of the boundary okay yes how, how many vacancies do we currently have three we have three vacancies we have three vacancies okay yeah <laughs> I didn't really I, yeah, I thought we yeah. had one actually <laughs> three. No. so yeah so it's um you know and I've been mentioning this when I am reporting at the council meeting so so we so um, so we're supposed to have 11. We can have up to 11. Yeah, so there's 10, 10 commissioners, full commissioners with full um, three-year terms. And then there's one commissioner that is a one-year term 
that should be a student or youth um, position. Um, that's currently, uh, Makaya currently has that one. Um, she is finishing up, so, um, but her term is good through May right now. So the three we have are three full commissioner seats. So they'd be coming in to fill a, a, a term in progress, basically. Yes? Is my term up for a year? From what I understood it was as well. Because um, you came in in the middle of a term, so it may be. Okay. Um, I don't have them in front of me right now, but we can check. Okay. okay. Yep. Because then she'll have to do an application, right? Right. Yeah. Denise will get with you to let you know if you have to redo an application and just submit that. Yes. Okay. Reappointments are easier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I think when I was reappointed, I just wrote a letter saying I would like to be reappointed. Oh. Please see my yes. application that I just filled out a minute or two ago. Okay, that's right. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, so I know I mentioned this at my last report to City Council. Um, if you know folks out there who have an interest in police oversight, being involved in the community and in overseeing act law enforcement, um, it, that's the key, I think. The key is to understand we, we are a neutral body, we're a neutral independent body. A big part of it is being able to um, listen to the public, but also listen to um, the needs of law enforcement. So um, we do provide training, because there's a lot of training that goes into that. Um, so you'll, it's, if you're interested, please, um, contact um, ICPOC at a2.gov or our office, our website, clerk's office, you can find us anywhere in there. Um, but the working session, we'll, we'll continue to discuss that, um, the recruiting and um, other opportunities for us in the community. Um, spring is coming, so events will start, so we'll start getting a plan together to get out into the community and doing outreach and, and meeting the people uh, where they are, as opposed to asking them to come to us. So, um, does anybody have any other communications? Um, just a question, I'm not sure whether you have an update or not on the where the IT is in relation to some of the questions that we had yeah. about generating reports, because at one point, we have to um, go over the the, um, uh, the cases of complaints right. and and uh, uh, really finish those ones out because um, it's it's if they can uh, get us a, a report that can be generated from the data that they have right. that the police department provides mm -hmm. would be easy uh, and standardized for any mm -hmm. of the commissioners yes. to right. just write at the end their uh, recommendations or their review of the complaints. Right. Now, I know, Denise, I think you emailed them a, a few weeks ago, but I don't yes. recall getting a response. No, I haven't heard anything back, so I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be more happy to meet with, with the IT and, and just tell them what we want and if they can uh, generate those uh, uh, electronic reports for us. Yeah, Denise, make us Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Maybe we could do that in our Tuesday slot. Yeah. Okay. Great. <coughs> okay. 
Okay, so that's it as far as the um, ICPOC working session. Does anybody have anything else? Um, just the, the ones who are going to come to the uh, retreat or the working session is um, to provide Denise with their choice of lunch. So, uh, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it'll be danced in this building, but downstairs in the conference room. Yep. Yep. Do you want us to report out council? Or is that, are we at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, we had a council meeting on on Monday. Um, I looked through the agenda again. The, I probably the, the item that was that ICPOC would be most interested in is that the city settled a lawsuit. So I don't know if we've talked about this before. This come came up, but um, the, the this is uh, Rizal Alvarez Rodriguez versus the city of Ann Arbor. Um, it was uh, the plaintiff was Rizal Veras Rodriguez filed a lawsuit against one of our officers, Officer James Boylan, alleging neck and back injury from um, low speed wind motor vehicle accident. This was in June 2019. The city's denied allegations um, in the complaint, engaged in discovery. Um, the Officer Boylan was dismissed from the lawsuit on the basis of governmental immunity. Um, so I'm just reading part of the resolution. Mm -hmm. We are settling uh, for 39000 in exchange for a full and final settlement signed by both parties and releasing all claims against the city and dismissal of the lawsuit. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not hearing. Oh, what, yeah, so we're settling 39000 39000 uh, for a full and final settlement agreement signed by the parties, a, re a release of all claims against the city and dismissal of the lawsuit with prejudice. Um, beyond that, I mean, the, uh, the meeting uh, went pretty quickly. We talked a lot about a bridge going to the hospital. I don't know, Cynthia, we, was there anything else that... Oh, we did take a trip together to Delanis. So uh, several council members, myself, Council Member Harrison, Watson, uh, Ijagazi Edwin, and Ackman visited Delanis last week on a tour to just get a, an understanding of um, the increase in need, especially as the warming shelters are, are open now mm -hmm. and it's getting colder, mm -hmm. um, and how we have the rotating day shelters mm -hmm. that our faith, our, our churches are host hosting, and how much we rely on our partners to get this done. Mm -hmm. um, talked about how the funding comes from the county. The city contributes this funding to the county, and then the county grants it back out to agencies who do this work. But the stats are pretty troubling. Um, federal relief money for eviction protections and avoidance ended in September. Mm -hmm. So we've have. We have hundreds of eviction cases in the courts right now. Mm -hmm. um, and there's been, I think, was it a 300% increase in requests for at Delanis and client demands at Delanis? Um, and, you know, it's also uh, food gatherers was also there. So we talked a lot about the food insecurity and um, the elaborate and creative ways that staff ha are and the lengths that they're going to, they're making sure that folks have a place to stay during the day and night. 
um, it was pretty sobering. Yeah. Great, thank you. Um, that brings us to public comment. Does anybody? Oh no. That way, the, the people, you don't have to, but the folks at home can hear you if you go to the mic. I guess I wanted to address this to our intro police chief. When you were, excuse me, my name is Shirley Beckley, and I'm one of the community people here from Ann Arbor. Um, when you were talking about, um, this new thing about collecting data and, and all of that, is that gonna, what you said you don't, I'm, I was trying to understand what you were saying, but that, um, is that gonna include complaints from this body that you will filter into there so that we will have a record of what they get and so the community will know? Yes, ma'am. And how will we know through them or? So it will be on the dashboard, and it'll show the source of the complaint. So if there's a complaint from ICPOC, it will show how many complaints came in from ICPOC. And that will that will be accessible to the public. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so that's going to be a website. It'll be on our website. Mm -hmm. On on the police website. Okay, and the other thing I was going to ask um, when you were saying I was. You, you had an incident at the movie theater a few months back. Which theater? The one down on Carpenter. No, that's Pittsfield that's Township. That's Pittsfield. Well, okay, in Pittsfield Township. But police, Ann Arbor police was there because I saw these cars going. I was going home, so I followed all these police cars. So it was Pittsfield police, it was Ann Arbor police, it was Ipsy police, mm -hmm. it was the sheriff. And Selena. Mm -hmm. um, so I stayed because I wondered what was going on that we had all these police at the movie theater and kids were running all around. And, but um, so I parked there. So a police officer wanted to know what, why was I there? Was I going to pick somebody up? And I said, no. And then they wanted to know why I was there. And I said, because I wanted to see how they were going to de escalate. Because they were saying they, they had several fights at that particular time. So what, I'm, what I was wondering, um, I had asked one of the officers, who did they call to help them to de-escalate? Because um, it was all black kids. They were running all over the place. They had several in the cars. So I was just wondering how I did send a text to your uh, then president. Oh, Commissioner Jackson? Mm -hmm. uh, saying that I was there and I was trying to figure out what was going on mm -hmm. to make sure no one got hurt mm -hmm. in any way. Anybody, police, kids, parents that were coming. It was mm -hmm. parents coming trying to find their kids. Mm -hmm. um, so when we earlier, um, I'm trying, what I'm trying to get to earlier when we were talking about having um, some people we can call in mm -hmm. to help, how can we make sure, who, who can we get, when you do this, make sure we have some community involved so that we can maybe help 
because we know some of these kids and some of their parents so that we can make sure everybody's safe and make sure it's done and, and de-escalate. Now, I must say, while I was there, I was there for two hours. Um, I didn't see anyone getting hurt or anything like that. But I just was concerned because parents were trying to find their kids and some of them were in cars. So because I was there and I wasn't a parent, I guess they wondered, what was I doing there? So as a, as a person that's concerned, you know, how do we do something like that? How do we help or how do we, hmm. without being ca causing interference? Hmm. Yeah, I think communication, so. I did communicate. Yeah, I'm, just here to, I'm just here to help in, in any way that I can. Um, I think that's fine. Like, obviously, they didn't tell you to leave or anything, right? They just said, just questioned you, see why you were there. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, they didn't answer me. Yeah. They just wanted to know. They wanted to know, was I going to the movies? Was I there to pick up a kid? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. And then they wanted to know, why was I there? Mm -hmm. And I said, see how you're going to handle this. <laughs> so then he walked away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I just didn't understand why we needed all those police cars. So my guess is that Pitts Hill Township called for mutual aid. So probably a couple officers get there and it's explosive, mm -hmm. right? Like lots of fights, lots of individual fights. And say, they said, we, we need mutual aid. And so there's all these jurisdictions that are, right, that just yeah. right in the corner. So Ann Arbor's right there, Ipsy's right there. Celine's a little bit farther, but yeah. by the time it's all said and done, if they have hundreds, they'll ask for mutual aid. And so. That's probably why we want is to, to make sure. And sometimes this might sound counterintuitive, but sometimes when a lot of us show up, it quells the situation faster. Like they're like, okay, there's a lot of police here, and everybody just kind of scatters and like what you saw and takes off. But I completely agree that there's a, a, a community aspect <coughs> where you know we enlist the community to help, and I think that that's a big part of what the unarmed response mm -hmm. would be responsible for mm -hmm. is getting community involved in that type of stuff okay. and so when you see an, a situation like that and I encourage people like you know we are we are public servants so watching the police is, is absolutely your right um, I don't think any any of our officers we're, we're used to it we're aware of it we're, we film you you can film us uh, and so yeah being there and just a, as, a, as a voice of reason I think that that's completely acceptable so once we get this set up, that, that would be a place that we could contact to say whatever we saw or witnessed? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I just, I think, Mrs. Beckley, that that's um, a part of the, um, getting the community, mm -hmm. community people like you involved somehow in the unarmed response uh, team, because if it is something like that, if they feel that your input would be valuable. That's a, it's a very interesting idea that I don't know had come up in any form that I had been in. So. No, it sounds really interesting. That's why I, it, I, I yeah. waited till the end to yeah. make my comments to see what you all were talking about. It's a good idea. I didn't, but I, I just, I didn't know if I was supposed to do what I did, but I didn't care. Right. <laughs> At the time, I just thought, Mm -hmm. I'm here and I'm going to stay here, mm -hmm. and um, I didn't know what I was going to do if it went <laughs> south, but <laughs> I guess get on my phone, but uh, I just wanted to know from this body and from you, um, you know, how do we as a community that's trying to help? At another time, at 
when we had Walmart down on Ellsworth, there was a mental health patient um, having a, a meltdown in the lobby, and I was trying to help tell the officer, I was trying to help because I knew the lady, but he just told me to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I just stood aside. But I'm just wondering, you know, is there something, but I guess you're going to have something, if there's some way we can do it without us getting in trouble, but trying to mm -hmm. make sure things don't escalate. Because yeah. that's where we get in trouble when it escalates. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's where all of us get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Is when it escalates. But I think mm -hmm. just, just standing by it, I think that's completely acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have a right, as much of a right to be there as anybody else. And I, and I just want to point, I'm glad you're going to uh, include their complaints because that's why they're here. Absolutely. And that's why we asked this commission to be here, to be, excuse me, to be set up. Um, mm -hmm so that we would have a way for our citizens, our citizens and the community to, you know, have a way to make complaints and, and to try and make things. I, you know, we don't want, we're not trying to say the police are bad, but we got some bad folks in the police department. So how do we deal with that? And we can't, we've been talking about this for a long time. Ora Rosser has been dead for nine years. We've been talking a long time about this, and, and we're finally getting to something. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm voicing my frustration, but also letting you know I was pleased with the way the police handled it, but I do feel like as someone from the community that's been involved that I'm going to, if I see something, I'm going to stop and hope I don't get in trouble. Yes, I've, I've heard your name a couple of times. But and, but and that's how, how know, we work. How, to, yeah, that's how we work together, yeah. and that's why we have this commission so we can work together. So, and I wanted to also clarify so we can come on Saturday. Right? Yes, at twelve. Yes. Okay. So thank, thank you. you. Does anybody have any other comment or? Okay, come on up. Hi, I'm Dr. Karpiak from Eastern Michigan University. I've met most of you before. Um, just a, a couple things. Um, one, I wanted to make sure that um, if people are looking for examples of unarmed response programs that, that have worked across the country, uh, the, the Citizens for Reimagining Our Safety Washington does have a Crows. Um, if you Google that, um, they do have a, a tab on their website that kind of lists other successful programs around the country. Uh, for, for unarmed response, some which have been going on um, for 30 years or so. So there, there's some great examples, and they pick out elements that work and, and things like that. Um, it's a good, it's a neat resource. But uh, actually, mostly I wanted to, to talk to, uh, I'm sorry, interim chief, do I call yeah, you? Okay, interim <laughs> chief. Um, so uh, some of you also might know I'm also working on a data project with Ann Arbor Place Data. So um, I just had a bunch of questions. Um, just for my own clarification. So, um, so the, the like the example that Ms. Beckley uh, was was uh, mentioning that they were um, in our police respond outside of the city. Uh, so the the dashboard that will be uh, uh, providing statistics will it be for incidents in Ann Arbor or incidents from the Ann Arbor PD? From the Ann Arbor PD. Okay, so it's incidents within the institution. But then not, there could be 
that when other bodies act within Ann Arbor, those are not captured in the data. So we'll not capture activity by University of Michigan. It would not capture activity by the Washington County Sheriff's Office. It would not uh, capture, for example, if Pittsfield Township when it came in. So, so it's that's a it's important distinction to understand. I think for people that it's tracking the institutions' data, not the re, the areas' data. Very correct. So when we have a University of Michigan football game, you'll have eight mm. to ten additional jurisdictions in the city, yeah. and so if they have an arrest in our city, that that data would go with their organization. Yeah, and I can know, and I can speak uh, for sure that I know in the traffic stop data, you could tell when the football games happen. Uh, things things go haywire in terms of the, the rates and things like that. And not, I'm not in a good and bad way, just it's clear that something else is happening there. So so, so along that kind of question, so uh, it'll be through the, it'll be tracking Ann Arbor PD responses. Um, well, you, you, uh, the things you listed, you do not list traffic stop. Traffic citations, yes. but not traffic stops. But not traffic stops because Columbus does not report that data. Okay. Like they do citations. But but the department does. The department does. Yeah, we can get we can get the data through IT. Okay. Um. So yes. So okay. the 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 data that Tyler can pull would be citations because that is what's listed in Columbus. When we mm -hmm. issue a citation, it goes in Columbus. Other than that. Um, the traffic stop data is a completely separate database. Okay, so maybe one day down the road, that's one that one Two. thing to integrate yes. is not just traffic citations, but traffic stops. Absolutely. Uh, because the vast majority of stops don't end in citations. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and along with that, I suppose like the, all other kinds of things that, for example, my my center has that we're, we're that we're analyzing the things like geolocation data. Uh, would that be so? We have like the X Y coordinates for the traffic stops. Would you have the same thing for the other kinds of data that you have? I know you're talking about ward maps, but I know ward maps get tricky because, you know, the, per, the, 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 the station that they're out of is not necessarily where they're doing the activity, so it's better to do the location so of, of the actual incident. Yeah, so a lot of that, that, that geodata is kept by IT, and so okay. we've had issues, like, and I'll just give you an example of, like, Liberty Plaza, mm -hmm. in terms of where that's geolocated, and where so some some people call it Liberty Division, some people say it's 360 South Division, mm -hmm. some people, you know, so so there's geolocation issues in terms of exact. So um, like when several meters or something, but like, you know, uh, but 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 you will have some kind of location data for this kind of stuff as yeah, well. So it'll be kept through IT, like it has okay. Okay. Is this um, something that should be a meeting? Sure. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. If <laughs> I wasn't a lot sure, of questions, I wasn't sure I if it was sure. better yeah, than There's two more, but maybe this no, is a No, I wasn't sure if you had a question for our chair, chair. No. or. No. or no. Yeah, if, if you are looking to expand the data or anything, we could set up a separate meeting. Sure. I was just I was just curious about all that. I had a lot of questions about all that. I was listening to all that. I'll, I'll, we could talk offline. Sorry. Yeah, for, that's thank okay. You for your time. <laughs> okay. Cool. So then if we don't have anything else, um, do I have a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn. Second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.